0: i
1: the republic broadcasting network january 21st 2024 welcome welcome i you know i'll play that song um from time to time got new listeners that might not be familiar with Avicii, tim Berglund, the swedish kid became basically the biggest dj in the world and Died under extremely strange circumstances in the country of Oman while on holiday. And, you know, um, if you watch this video, it's called For a Better Day. You can find it on YouTube or wherever. And um, it's all about trafficking networks and uh, these poor children that get caught up in the web of these evil ones that uh, traffic children around our world for all kinds of strange purposes. Um, But for a better day is the name of it. It's got 99 million views, but you can read the comments on YouTube under the video where you can really get a sense that people are waking up to, this unfortunate reality in this evil world of, uh, the, the devil's children, um, and how they act and the fruits of their, let's just say, you know, uh, Things they're drawn to, concupiscence is a word, proclivities is a word. But he read just some of the uh, comments under the video. Avicii's file should be reopened and examined. It's obvious that he was killed after recent events. Those responsible for his death must be held accountable, blah, blah, blah. I knew he didn't kill himself, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he, oh, how he knew. And then you... Uh, um, A lot of good people died and were killed to cover up a massive trafficking operation. I pray for those affected by the evil of mankind, and no justice will find them all. Somebody says, wow, I have no words. So see, people are just stumbling onto this uh, and realize that, you know, um, that, oh my gosh, they they didn't realize that he put this, this isn't one of his top, you know songs that you know the, that the whole the electronic dance music world were into, and so people just you know at different intervals throughout their awakening or whatever you want to call this, they, um, uh, they did they watch this one? They're like, oh my. Yeah, they're saying this, you know, I want to see if the media will label Avicii as a conspiracy theorist, right winger, and all the ists as well. Um, so, but you get into it, and then they, there's people that throw in um, Chester Bennington, and Chris Cornell, and and others, in Avicii killed for exposing the truth. Um, so a lot of people are just getting wise to the to the reality that is human existence here in this 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 plane of existence. I've got a ton of things to go through tonight, and I don't know how I'm going to get to it all. I never do. I get to probably one-third of the things that I have pulled up in the 13, 13 audio clips. And I don't know. 30 or 40 articles so I guess I want to start with the UFC and Sean Strickland and Dana White okay Sean Strickland he lost his fight last night he was the 185 pound champion of the United uh, the uh, ultimate fighting championship who's been merged with uh, the world wrestling entertainment thing under this company called Endeavor, Ari Emanuel's all involved in it, and so forth. But this was in Toronto. The fight last night, and Sean Strickland um, is a very outspoken character. I've talked about him before. Um, if you want to get clip eight ready, uh, Sam and my and. They bleep out some of the language in here. A little bit of it gets through, but I think for posterity purposes, I'll go ahead and play this. But he has an interaction with reporters, and this went viral. And many of you are going to be like, "Oh, Robert, everybody else played it. well." This is this goes in the archives, and this is for as long as archives last. So, this is the former uh, middleweight champ. Sean Strickland, go ahead and play clip eight. Getting into it with a reporter in Canada.
2: I did want to ask. You know, you're in Toronto. Welcome. Glad to hear it. it's been great. Are You Canadian? Uh, of course I am.
3: Are you part of the fucking opposition? Are
2: uh, you? Uh, I don't know how to phrase that. You? I mean, you got to like
3: fucking. Uh, yeah.
2: Well, I did want to ask. Did
3: you th- vote for Trudeau?
2: Uh, you know, I'm not going to say.
3: And, and let me tell you something right now. The man says he's not going to say, like, if you ask him, oh, f- did you vote for Biden? He's like, well, I'm not going to say that's none of your business. He voted for fucking Biden.
2: John, so, uh, hey, John, I'm glad you had great experience.
3: So this is are, this but- is what I'm talking about, you guys. The enemy, the enemy of Canada. Sure
2: all know, right that's got to be it's got to be hmm. uh we've got a pretty supportive gay and lesbian yeah. community in this city i did want to ask you something you wrote a couple of years ago you said if i had a gay son i would think I'd oh
3: be- look another yeah. another yeah. This, i'm yeah. saying yeah. the swamp you guys a, a swamp. So, swamp
2: you become a champion you become a star and then someone. Says, let me ask you well, something are you had are, you, the are, the are you, gay? No, you are you gay had you are, the are
3: you let me know are you gay can i hear can i get an answer well i'm asking this is a part of are you are you a gay man i'm an ally of the community Okay. If you had a son, then he was like, you know, you had a son, he was gay. You'd be like, oh man, you don't, you don't want a grandkid? No problem with it. Oh man. Well, you, dude, You're a weak fucking man, dude. You're like, you're part of the fucking problem. You elected Justin Trudeau. Like what you fucking, when he sees the bank accounts, like you're just fucking pathetic. And, and the fact that the fact that you have no fucking backbone and and has he shut down your fucking country and seized bank accounts? You ask me some stupid shit like that, go fuck yourself. Move the fuck on, man. No, that doesn't really coward. answer the
2: question, but I did want to ask also things you said about the trans community. You said uh, this past October when they announced the Bud Light sponsorship that you'd go so hard on Bud Light in your next fight, they'll have to accept me or denounce me when uh, when they know what, and know what they stand for. Are you still going to use your fight time to kind of speak on that? Here's the thing about Bud Light.
3: Ten years ago, to be trans was a, what, a mental fucking illness. And now, all of a sudden, people like you have fucking weaseled your way into the world. Y- you, are, you are an infection. You are the definition of weakness. Everything that is wrong with the world <laughs> is because of you. And the best thing is, is the world's not buying it. The world's not buying your bullshit you're fucking peddling. The world is not saying, you know what? You're right. Chicks have dicks. The world's not saying that. The world's saying, no, there are two genders. I don't want my kids being taught about, you know, who they could fucking in school. I don't want my kids being taught about, you know, their sexual preference. Like, dude, this guy's the fucking enemy. Uh, you want to look at the fucking enemy to our world? It's that motherfucker right there asking these stupid fucking questions.
1: All right, you stop that there. And no, I apologize, but this is going to, you know this is fascinating due to what canada's under right now okay this this creeping complete totalitarianism under this castro trudeau regime and and i'm sure king charles queen charles over there across the pond is loving trudeau okay cuz we know that this this guy Um, in bed with Jimmy Seville and all the creepy stuff of this so-called royal family over there in Britain. Um, All of these, all of these crown colonies, including probably ours, pretty much. um, You see this sickness has infected. And I'm going to talk about all of these people that they've installed throughout. And in, uh, in a, in a minute, so you see Sir Sean Strickland, he's up there ripping on Trudeau. He's ripping on basically the, the, stealing money from these trucker protest bank accounts. I mean, he was really going in on Canada. Okay. Uh, and towards and after this whole thing, uh, I've got I mean, I'm not going to play it, but they are there. The, the crowd at the UFC is yelling F Justin Trudeau. Okay. I mean, in unison. It's Crazy. And then um Dana White after the fight. Um and, and it, it's an interesting dynamic with the guy that won Dricus Duplessis, uh, a South African, white South African guy from Pretoria. And um so this is all gonna be set up probably for an Israel Adesanya fight, okay, the the African versus the African, blah, 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 blah. But it's interesting that um this whole dynamic with him being a white South African and winning the first South African to win a a UFC title and all this. But to get back to Dana White, and this is clip seven, Sam, go ahead and have that one ready. These reporters come at Dana over Strickland. And this is, this is, this is really, really good stuff from, from Dana White. Go ahead and play clip seven.
2: Uh, Dana, if I get over here, um, Sean Strickland, the story of the week, maybe the story of the last year, 14 months. Um, You know, there was a bit of a scuffle earlier this week. Some comments he made, some offensive comments caused some public backlash. But I don't and I know you're not in the policy of um, policing your fighter speech. But was there any discussion with UFC, ESPN, Bud Light, you know, any sponsors about like how to kind of handle this situation?
4: Zero. Zero. You obviously give a long leash to your fighters about, you know, what they can say when they are up there with the UFC microphone and you are getting into territory of homophobia transphobia like is there i don't give anybody a leash well i'm saying you a leash i'm like free speech control what people say going to tell people what to believe going to tell people i don't fucking tell any other human being what to say what to think and there's no leashes on any of them what is your question i was asking that question i'll move on though yeah Uh, probably a good idea that's ridiculous (laughs) to say i give somebody a leash free speech brother people can say whatever they want and they can believe whatever they want if and i don't think there's any we had we had we had two gay women who fought in the co-main event they sat on the stage with sean strickland they could give a shit what sean strickland thinks or what he says or what his beliefs are or what his opinions are You know what I mean?
5: Go ahead. What do you got? All right.
1: So that was a really good just just dressing down of these punks up in Canada. The transphobia, homophobia, blah 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 blah. And so it's good to get some some Americans up there that still hold fast to you know just traditional, like the rough and tumble. American way, say what's on your mind, and th- the hell with you. But see, and then many of you probably listen. Well, Robert, why are you covering this? It doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something because see, many of you that might not be like culture type watchers. Okay, you're into your little niche of whatever kind of alternative media you're into, and then you're, you're not watching. You know, you guys know that I'm a culture watcher. That's one of the things I do along with, I try to have my, my hand in a whole lot of different areas when I do broadcasting. And so one of them is paying attention to culture. The UFC culture is huge among the youth, especially the youth um, of our people. And I'm talking American, but I'm also talking white. I'm talking Alf. You know, like whites that are still know that they're boys and men, and so forth, and even in in, even in black circles and so forth. But this is traditional gender, you know, stuff. But you know, defending free speech by Dana White and Strickland really ripping on the little ninny, the little ninny reporter kind of cabal that always tries to ambush people and so forth and so on. And we'll get to ambush journalism over at the World Economic Forum with these characters over at Rebel News I want to also address. But this is powerful stuff, especially up in Canada, who needs right now a kick in the rear end. They need more um, enforcement to say, you know what, throw off these clowns like Trudeau. These people like Biden and Harris and the Obamas and all these people. We we need to become obtuse again as Americans and say, shove it to the government about a whole lot of things. OK. Um, and this is just kind of reinforces that. Now, we're going to have to talk about this bigger picture tonight, too, about. Uh, these deck chairs being moved around on the, the USS Titanic right now of our country, uh, this and, and the USC plays a part with Trump and all this, but <clears throat> there, I see so many areas where they're setting the stage for Trump's return purposefully by like, like the Democrats have been giving, 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 orders by somebody to be so repulsive and, 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 goofy and just over the top that they're going to cause, uh, snapbacks and on so many levels. And so it's almost like you, you're, you're creating the society so ugly and, and, and wicked that, it's almost like reverse psychology, it is, and, I, and I see the hand of the Jesuits in this, um, because there's no way that these guys, after all these centuries of being counter-revolutionaries uh, in the Catholic Church and all this, all of a sudden are just going to be out-left the left. I'm talking out-loon-the-loony Marxist nuts. And so, you know, I listen to some of these kind of um, Vatican watchers, and, and they talk about the new right, okay? And then basically, they're, they're saying that this is all being set up for a huge pendulum swift uh, shift to the right in an artificial manner to really turn us into some sort of um, gulag state, but run by let's just say, uh, reactionaries, uh, religious reactionaries, okay? Kind of like your your Middle Ages Catholic kind of deal. And so some people believe that that's why the the Vatican II gang that's running the, r- Rome right now is just full-blown, just putting a bad taste in the mouth of just about almost all Catholics, um, all over the place. And they're, they're doing this as a reverse PSYOP. We'll have to see how this plays out. Um, but anyway, the, the, the cultural aspects here of, of laying the groundwork for Trump to return. I, it's just getting so almost obvious. Now you're getting Vivek Ramaswamy. He drops out, and endorses Trump. Now today, uh, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, decides to drop out of the race and endorse Trump. Now, you've got all this crap coming out of the World Economic Forum where it's just hyper, uh, hyper, uh, you know, kvetching about Trump, you know, Alex Soros and All these people from MI6, BlackRock, all these people. Oh, Trump's a danger to the world. Boris Johnson saying maybe we need Trump back, you know, and all this crap. And so it's an interesting kind of set of stimuli to look at. Now, Sam, if you want to get clip nine ready. Now, the hijacker sent me this one earlier. Um from Black Pigeon Speaks, and it's talking about the deep state maybe bringing Trump back for pretty much a big Middle East war, okay? Um,
5: let's go ahead and play clip nine. Nor that in the last congressional cycle, more than 95% of APAC backed candidates won their elections, a fact that they are proud to boast about. It has been an open secret for decades in Washington, but an absolute taboo to comment upon, and that is the massive amount of money that the Israel lobby spends during American election cycles and the power they have over candidates and overall American policy. It's pretty well known and clear that Washington is a wretched hive of scum and villainy. And its odious institutions and policy makers are bought and sold by lobbying groups like APAC, among others, and the influence that these lobbying groups have over policy. But in an interesting twist for the past few months, it's become clearer and clearer who is the tail that is wagging the American dog to more and more people as they look at U.S. foreign policy and vetoes given year after year after year by the United States in the Security Council at the United Nations. It can no longer be denied and the taboo is
6: evaporating.
5: However, given the awakening within the American public and especially amongst Democratic voters, AIPAC is set to spend over $100 million this year to unseat the seven so-called squad members during the Democratic primaries who are not sympathetic to the national interests of Israel. But it should be clear this doesn't mean that AIPAC doesn't play both sides of the political aisle. Moreover, and very troubling for AIPAC, is support for Israel within the United States is cratering along generational as well as political lines with the only real staunch voting base supporting its aims being that of older republicans for his part joe biden is getting serious blowback from young voters as well as those within his own party and this in my estimation could set the stage for this year's presidential selection being handed over to Donald Trump again. But it will be a poisoned chalice. Let me explain.
6: About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you gotta come in. You gotta come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no, he says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq this was on or about the 20th of September I said we're going to war with Iraq why he said I don't know (laughs) he said I guess they don't know what else to do he said I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists but we got a good military, and we can take down governments. And um, he said, "I guess if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail." So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, "Are we still going to war with Iraq?" And he said, "Oh, it's worse than that." He said he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, "I just he said I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense office today. And he said this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out." seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. I said, is it classified? He said, yes, sir. I said, said, well, don't show it to me. According to a February
5: 2021 account in Time magazine, Joe Biden became president because of a quote, well-funded cabal of powerful people who were fortifying the election by working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information, closed quote. And it's clear that that censorship hasn't ended and since 2020 has been in absolute overdrive with only globalist and milk toast commentators who ride the fence so hard it begs for lube being allowed a platform. But this same cabal might see things differently this time around. Donald Trump is the only politician in the last 30 years with a large organic base of unconditional support There is no politician in America today that someone would take a bullet for. There are no Ashley Babbitts for Joe Biden. After January 6th, it was clear what Trump supporters would be willing to do under his direct command. I think for the establishment and its long-term goals, the value of a politician that has a large organic base is far greater than a figure like Joe Biden, who is collectively understood by the public to be a puppet. No, a muppet with no agency. Presidents only hold the job for between four to eight years and are then gone. In contrast, the bureaucracy in D.C. is entrenched. The establishment could be eyeing Trump as a performative strategic concession to red America for its part in the last eight years of subterfuge. But what does Trump have to offer? Well, perhaps four years of economic recovery, milk toast border enforcement and perhaps even a slight reduction in the real rabid institutional racism that is plaguing the country. This is what will be offered in exchange for Red America to turn a blind eye, as the military is once again unleashed in the Middle East to help secure the safety of Israel from its existential threats, especially Iran. Like almost every politician in the United States, Trump is the perfect candidate for this. In fact, he himself has stated that he fought more for Israel than any other president. And in many circles, this has gained him the nickname Zion Don," as well as his movement being called MIGA, or Make Israel Great Again. And given that the war being prosecuted by Israel today is predicted to drag on for at least the next two years... This would make the timing of a Trump victory and his unconditional support for Israel very possible. Six of the seven countries that the neocons targeted in the mid-2000s have all been destroyed. Only Iran remains. A war with Iran in the current deteriorating cultural climate under Joe Biden, or another term of Joe Biden, would have no ground-level organic support, and it would guarantee the American public repudiating yet another military adventure in the Middle East. Conversely, a war with Iran under Donald Trump after basic concessions to Red America have been provided would have a much higher likelihood of success. But make no mistake, Four years of temporarily shoring up the border, stabilizing the economy, and liberal tears will not be worth American involvement in another
7: Middle
1: Go ahead and scenario. pause it there. We'll see you guys on the other side of the break. We'll resume this when we get back.
3: listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people, because you can handle the truth.
4: My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back, You have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10.
0: Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. is here, living in the grips of fear, murder, rape, suicide,
4: it happens all the time, American nightmare coming true, American nightmare coming straight for you, a sad state
6: of affairs when there's nothing we can do. Sit and watch our country die. It infects, it injects. To correct, we reject the beginning of the
1: end of time. All right, we're back. Cendary Radio on the Republic Broadcasting Network.
7: Uh,
1: So. And you, you have to realize that what I'm playing right now flies completely opposite of the viewpoint of the X-22 type folks. Roger Stone, Alex Jones, those sort of people that believe that Trump is, go, let, you know, I've got articles up basically talking about that, you know, um, all these people like from NBC and all this, they're basically saying that Trump is going to sick the military on, uh, okay, this was on uh, Dr. Fetzer's site. Um, NBC fears grow, Um, that Trump will use the military in dictatorial ways if he returns to the White House, okay? And so all these people... Trump sparking fears among those who understand the inner workings of the Pentagon, that he would convert the nonpartisan U.S. military into the muscle, muscular arm of his political agendas. He makes comments about dictatorship and devalues the checks and balances that underpin the nation's two-century-old democracy, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? The checks and balances have been wrecked. I've talked about this ad nauseum due to the fact that we have a bunch of these bar lawyers Um and cabals within the bar, especially on the far left side of the political spectrum, that just trash um, rule of law. And I mean, look at the lawfare going on against all these people right now from January six, even the uh, Anthony Lesturgeron and Goran, this Judge Kaplan on on sicking on them on Trump. Um, so basically, you got all this hype now coming from the corporate media oh trump's gonna use the military we're all gonna get arrested we're all gonna go to camps and then you've got people like x-22 and all these guys in the q circles of like yeah when trump gets in we're they're gonna round up sealed indictments finally (laughs) how many years later with the sealed indictment stuff they're all gonna go to jail so you know, you, you've got the people in the Q kind of wing of the American right talking about, yeah, we're rounding up the deep state, blah, blah, blah. And so then the deep state's sitting there like, oh, my God, he's going to use the millet. Well, <clears throat> the Q people will, will get a lot of views all over Rumble and and all these other places. Um, they're talking, you know, um, BitChute and other places. They're talking about, hey. Trump is going to stick the military on all these traitors. And all the traitors are like, he's going to stick the military on us going going outside of the what they consider, quote unquote, the law, uh, which is just, uh, you know, constantly shifting goalposts. If they agree with it, it's the law. If they disagree with it, uh, it's against the law. And that's constantly changing. You know, this is how the Marxists operate. And we have to be mindful of that. And, and you know, for those of us that have been paying attention for all this time, it really just gets you, you know, you get worn out by it due to the fact that they never stop lying and prevaricating and moving the goalposts and flipping the script and projecting and all the other Alinsky-eyed goofball stuff that they do. But let's get back to the narrative of the selection kind of angle that Black Pigeon Speaks is talking about. Go ahead and resume that
5: uh, clip. Border stabilizing the economy and liberal tears will not be worth American involvement in another Middle East war on behalf of Israel. And this should be understood by not only Republican voters, but also by Democratic voters. Because America has reached its Boris Yeltsin moment with Joe Biden. A Muppet that everyone knows has no agency and is not in control of anything. And it shows as he is one of the most unpopular presidents of all time. Anyone who comes after him, even Donald Trump, will be seen as an improvement by at least 50% of the population. But given the current state of the United States socially, economically and politically... Whoever forms the next administration in 2025 will inherit a poisoned chalice. At the beginning of 2020, in a video, I suggested that this decade would be one of chaos and struggle. But to be honest, I didn't quite predict it would be this bad. Thanks very much for watching. Uh, ahead, if you like it. this, kind
1: of- um, you know,
5: just seeing
1: the machinations of these kind of cases falling apart on and, and we look we know these cases were bogus with with Georgia and Fannie Will but the the way that this is like perfectly playing out like I always talk about like a Shakespearean play or novel or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's really just Now, we'll have to see what happens with this New Hampshire thing with DeSantis ducking out now um, and how this affects this whole Nikki Haley, Nimrata, Wandawa um, thing. But, you know, I was thinking about this. Kamala Harris, half Indian, half Jamaican. Tulsi Gabbard, Indian, Hindu. Vivek Ramaswamy, Hindu. So and then you have Nikki Haley, Nimrata Wendawa, Hindu. Um and then, you know, she's got all this baggage now that we're talking about these affairs that are all coming out, like the 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 muckrakers on the right, digging up all this stuff on Nimrata. So you got Harris Gabber, Vivek Haley. Okay all right up there running for president so you got all these freaking then you've got the guy named Yousef out of Scotland okay like Pakistani type dude he's the prime minister head of state of Scotland then you got this Varadkar guy in Ireland and you got Sunak in Britain and then you want to tell me that replacement is a theory where the U.K. basically has just wiped whites out of leadership. And they, they put these uh, Pakistani Indian types all in way up in their government. Purposefully, by the way. Oh, and don't forget Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London. Um, but the great repra- replacement is just a conspiracy theory. You see? So... Very, very wild to see this this rush to. And then, did you did you guys see the art uh, the article for the New York Post? Is where I saw it, where the CEO and his number two guy, or from a IT company or whatever, they're up in some kind of you know like a stage rig over there in India. They're having some big party because their company and all this. And then the then a wire snaps and these two fall out and the guy dies. I mean, just I would never get on any kind of contraption in India. I'm sorry. Is that is that racist by me saying some sort of a carnival ride? You see these carnival rides falling and people getting smashed in India. I mean, come on. It's just interesting, you know, to watch. It's just nuts. Um, CVS. Anybody use them as a pharmacy? Alleged CVS internal documents and DEI on DEI sparks violation of the Civil Rights Act, according to conservatives. They're now mad at another corporation, CVS, that is allegedly promoting the DEI agenda. Apparently, an exclusive leaked document from NWokeness on X shows details on the company's move to hire individuals for inclusivity. However, it seems that the whole DEI movement is headed in a negative direction. According to AP, DEI movement is being challenged by an 1866 civil rights law, a legal battle, is unfolding over the use of Section 1981 of the Civil Rights Act of 1866 to challenge workplace diversity programs and minority-owned business funding. So you're seeing this everywhere. So I want to talk about this rebel news, guys. Ezra Levon and Avi Yemeni, these two Jewish guys, rebel Jews, guy. Okay? And I, it's interesting they use the word rebel, rebel news. And uh, I think didn't Saul Alinsky dedicate his book to the first rebel, or was it Revolution? I can't remember. Um, Lucifer. <clears throat> How do they get all the ambush interviews over there in Davos? I know they go and look. They've got, <clears throat> they got some money to to get there and be in the hotels, but isn't it fascinating the last couple of years and when they when they did these uh, big WEF meetings that rebel news these two these guys get just so happened to get the ambush on John Kerry and heads of uh i guess uh, what was it one of those I maybe it was Vanguard or one of them but they get all these ambush um Interviews as they're walking down the street and like security doesn't beat them off, um, you know, cops ain't around, uh, scuttle them off away from the attendees and so forth. How, they get these long extended walking kind of ambush journalistic interviews where I, I just something something rubs me the wrong way with how Rebel News gets this. And um, it's like they get to the corner of the, of the market on these kind of... And then it's so many people play them. You know, uh, Alex Jones has them on. They talk about it, and they, and they play the videos. And it's just... I don't know. I, I don't know the nuts and bolts of it. But it, it just kind of... Um, um, it just it's something... There's some sort of a you know, a red flag there. I don't know what's up with that. Um, Nick Fuentes. Let's talk about this kid, Nick Fuentes. He's a quirky kid. Got some real, real strange looking hands. When you, when you watch him like on his show or whatever, I I'll dip in there and see what he's saying from time to time. But Uh, Kyle Hunt over on Renegade uh, Tribune did this collage where he put together all this stuff basically saying, look, this is case closed on this Fuentes character. And there's an this is clip five, by the way, Sam, if you want to get clip five ready. Uh, He plays Nick Fuentes on January 6th, Bullhorning. And Think of Ray Epps when you think of when you listen to this clip and um, think of now we know Nick Fuentes got thrown on this no fly list for a while. And then I, I think he's been reinstated and so forth. He's hanging out with Kanye West and we know about all that. Okay, But listen to him talking at the Capitol through a bullhorn and then we'll come back and we'll address it. Go ahead and roll clip five. This is on Odyssey. All right. He's trying to figure it out now. That's what they, that is what they say. He didn't commit a genocide?
5: Well, I mean. Meanwhile, with American politics, Nick has been a big Donald Trump supporter. He was at the Capitol on January 6th and incited insurrection via a
3: bullhorn.
2: Unlike many regular people who followed his commands, Nick
5: was never imprisoned for his part in the proceedings that day, which has made many people think that he was working at the behest of the government and is protected from prosecution. Nick also has a strange relationship with Jews. He often speaks against right, them,
0: ahead, but has ahead, had many... Stop,
1: go ahead and stop it there. Um, but keep it keep it at that point in case we want to come back to it. Um, I don't know, folks. Ray Epps, we need to go into the Capitol. Well, he, Fuentes is sitting there, break down the barriers and disregard the police and all this other crap that he's sitting there talking. And he never got brought up on charges. Doesn't this seem a little bit strange? Uh, all them, I'm just being a devil's advocate here. Uh, Joe Biggs is... Uh, he's sentenced to a long prison Stuart Rhodes, a bunch of different Oath Keepers, a bunch of Proud Boys a whole bunch of people like grannies that just walked in and took some pictures um, There's been a lot, there's hundreds of people still locked up over this and then uh, Fuentes, this kid gets to walk around free with Kanye West and so forth and so on and has never been charged now he got thrown on a no fly list okay I get that but now he is an operative of, I guess you would say, um, kind of a strange operative of Catholicism, and he's big, you know, kind of uh, let's say church, church state. He's he's almost into a the, the theocratic um, kind of a Catholic he he wants to see like a catholic dictator or something almost in that sort of a he a a vein as far as philosophic i'm not saying he's all for that here in the united states but he's made some interesting comments over the years of things of that nature so it's just something to to you know kind of you know um Think about when you're looking at Nick Fuentes. Um, This guy from the Heritage Foundation, um, Kevin Roberts. Okay. Now you've got all these people that went to Davos and some of them have really, this is clip 11, uh, Sam, if you want to get this one ready. Um, They really like, it's almost script. I I feel some sort of a scripting because heritage foundation to me is it's part of the right kind of, it's like kosher, almost I'm not saying uniparty, but they've been there forever. They produce the likes of all kinds of people like Laura Ingram types and these type of people. Um, And for him to go up there and, and rip the, the World Economic Forum like this, go ahead and play clip 11.
7: It's laughable that you would or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's equally, standing up for it. It's, it's, it's equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos and, and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm going to step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. And, and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I have mentioned earlier. But the the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that you're part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X, when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. President Trump will take that on. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions, the average person know, based on climate change, are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating, than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only Do we at at Davos not say that? We give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing, foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review if not being rejected by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point, that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet, who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. That's what the average American and the average free person on planet Earth wants out of leadership. All right, so I mean, it sounds
1: uh, great, you know, that everybody's like, "Oh, populism's rising, the people are getting awakened." Bob, blah, blah. I just see, I see it, but I also am very leery um, because this whole thing with the World Economic Forum—oh, it's restoring trust and blah 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 blah—and you know, with the COVID operation and all this stuff. So they're talking out one side of their mouth, and then on the other side of their mouth, they're still, you got John Kerry saying, we need to accelerate. We need to blah, 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 blah. One person can't stop what we've started. So you see, um, it's almost like they're they're giving you a surface steam valve. While... Behind the scenes, wringing their hands. They're like, put the pedal to the metal on these freaking creeps. Uh, You know, it's like Bugs Life type, you know, stuff going on in the background, you know. So I'm I'm torn right now. I want to be I want to be have some sort of a light at the end of the tunnel kind of feeling, um, so forth and so on. But unfortunately I think there's an event, a cataclysmic type, a COVID level event. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be another, you know, biological angle event. It could be something war related. It could be something financial, um, It could be a grid, you know, cyber. You know, they've got a lot of, um, let's just say, tools, unfortunately, in their little box. Um, And it could be cyber cocktailed with a financial crash. And this causes the the reset, the implementation of the CBDC and all that. Now, Trump has said, you know, um, that, you know, uh, Trump to announce reportedly to announce he will never uh, allegedly he said it at one of the rallies that he's never going to allow a a CBDC um, you know created by the Fed blah 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 well what are you going to do about the Fed itself the money changer cabal alright we'll see you guys on the other side of the
7: break
3: I hit it hard like to fail. I stand it on that devil's day. Then I hit that old dusty trail.
2: Then a road will be mine of mine. Just keep it from those ties. I sit up on my shoulder to as well. Then I hit that old dusty trail.
3: Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 carcass drop and lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation, but today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows,
6: too. EaseOff,
0: LLC. 417-932-6419.
1: You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network.
7: Because you can handle the truth.